Hello and welcome to the podcast. Support us by subscribing and sharing. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Patreon. Joining me as always is my co-host, Craig. And I'm your host, Adam. You're listening to Guilty Pleasure Cinema. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure Cinema. That's pretty smooth. After, Nicely done. After about five takes. <laughs> yeah, how you been, mate? Been well? I've been good. I've been good. Um, I have just yesterday watched the first edit of Thirteen Cars. How was it? Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh... No, it's really good. It's just it's a first edit, so it, it intrinsically it's terrible because you're looking at me like this is not what I thought it was going to look like. You know, yeah, I've, I've watched the film a thousand times in my own head, um, but then I watched it again and went, yeah, there's there's like a lot of good stuff here. There's a few scenes that are a bit like long in the tooth, mm. a few scenes that now I'm like, ah, we can lose this scene. And overall, I'm very happy. Oh, very nice, mate. So what I heard there was it's terrible and <laughs> I'm sure we'll get some sort of director's cut at the end of it. Yeah, we're actually just doing a very short film. It's called One mm. Car. <laughs> Uh, how are you? How was your weekend at Twickenham? How did it feel losing? Oh yeah, not great. Um, it, it it was even made worse because uh, obviously I've rocked up in all my Sarah's kit, uh, full kit wanker. Yeah. And then obviously they lose, and I'm there with uh, Mr. Tay Del Biggs, and uh, Rich Cross. And oh, sorry, it, current Patreon subscriber Ben Tay yeah, apparently we we have a Patreon subscriber, <laughs> which, is, uh, which we need to verify before we give a shout out. There's uh, no but... such thing as free money unless you just keep <laughs> saying you've got Patreon. Exactly. Uh, it's a step in the right direction, I think. And with this, uh, they all wanted to stick around for the uh, the cup lifting and all that shit. I was like, oh, can we just fucking go home? I yeah, don't want to be here anymore. And then, um, then we proceeded to go down into the tunnels, and they had like a karaoke platform going cool. on, and it was just so funny because uh, if it wasn't like a proper, you know, crowd pleaser like like Sweet Caroline or something like or that, Mr. Brightside, uh, yeah, even Mr. Brightside was on there. Uh, you know, Don McLean, uh, American Pie, nice. All, all that. If it wasn't something like that where the crowd couldn't sing along, uh, everyone just no, got booed off. Yeah, just got get the fuck good. off the stage. Oh, it was awesome. It was probably the highlight of my day, actually. Just what, is your, people. what is your karaoke song of choice? Oh, probably you have to be Robbie Williams' Angels. Yeah? Nice. Yeah, okay. easy, easy choice. You Fair. can't go wrong with that. Last time I did karaoke, I, I've told the story a few times to you, or at least other friends of ours. Mm. Uh, I was tequila drunk in Canada and ended up badly singing Fucker Gently by Tenacious D mm. to a room full of people. But now let me ask you this. As well as your favourite karaoke song, what is your favourite cocktail of choice? Well, being on Virgin Alcoholic for quite a large part of my life, um, I was quite inclined to a gimlet, uh, which is essentially just gin. (laughs) It's like a... Anyone who's not familiar with uh, cocktails, um, it's it's almost like a gin martini, but without the martini, it's just uh, sort of lime cordial. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, it's pretty much... Gin and lime. <laughs> nice. Large, large quantity of gin. Uh, what about yourself? Well, I used to be a Disarono Sours man or an Amaretto Sours man, whatever you want to call it. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but now, you know, a bit older, a bit more, a bit longer in the tooth, if you will. 
I really like a good old fashioned. Uh, okay. Do you like a quite sweet old fashioned or do a little you... bit sweet? But I like the kind of burny taste as well. I, it's the same reason I kind of like a Negroni. I like the bitterness. Of oh, it. I cannot stand a Negroni. It's a it's such an unfortunate thing because it's such an easy cocktail to make. But yeah, um, it would just be one of those things where I just can't stand Campari. Just that sort of like bitter uh, yeah. taste to it. <laughs> Aperol spritz, I run hot and cold with. Same. It has. It has to be the right day. You know. What I mean, it has to but be you, hot, and you can have like one or two, and I think you get a bit sick after a few. I like that with espresso martini as well. I can have probably two, and I'm yeah. like, all right, good. I've, I'm I'm done with that now. Give me oh, my old fashioned. I remember going to Rory's birthday, and then we had. I think it was pretty sure it was his birthday, and there was just nothing but espresso martinis going down. I think I must have had like six or eight. Nice. And I swear, it, the feeling was I had some sort of like coffee poisoning, <laughs> and and I was just like, I remember going home in the Uber, and I was just like, oh my god, like just like, holding on for dear life, like just I need to get out, and then managed to make it into my flat, and proceeded just to literally hock my guts up. I um, can think of at least four different stories that end with you vomiting. It's great. Yeah, yeah, I just don't know when to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that all brings us nicely to our film of choice this week. The Which start is? of the Tom Cruise season. Mm. Cocktail. See, see, we said we we're never going to do this again. We we're never going to do like a whole season dedicated to uh, an actor. Yeah, but then we watched Top Gun 2 Maverick and we're like, if anyone's earned it, it's yeah. Mr. Cruise. Do you not feel it's a bit weird we've not actually done a Tom Cruise uh, episode yet? Well, or any this... movie? We have done movies. Oh, which ones? Oh, you mean Tom Cruise? Sorry, the way you said it was like we've never talked about a movie. Um, <laughs> have we? Uh, we've never done a Tom Cruise movie. No, probably not. That I can think of. That's because they're ninety nine percent excellent. Ninety nine percent excellent, but not this yeah. one. Not this one. This one is excellent. It's also fucking terrible. See, this is a funny thing because I texted you last night and I watched a, a few good men. Oh, I right? can't stand this conversation. You, right. ju- you, disgraced journalist Mike Sheen, you <laughs> step back on this one. And I was watching it and I was just like, because Helen's never seen it before. And I was like, oh, this is probably one of his better movies. Yep. And we're watching it, and he's, and I get he's not meant to be a likable character out of the first half of the movie. He's meant to be quite like arrogant and you know brash, and yeah. he's just kind of like you know. Uh, he doesn't care because he's always trying to, you know, uh, get plea deals and things like that, rather than going to court and fighting for people's innocence and things like that. But you're—it's it, like three quarters of the way through the movie. And I was just like, when does this movie get good again? And I was just <laughs> like, and it's only till literally the sort of like the courtroom drama, and even that's a little bit hokey. And it's one of those things where I think it—the whole interaction between Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson's character. Like, that scene is just, obviously, it's amazing because it's two very good actors going at each other with, uh, you know, a huge amount of drama uh, in that one scene. But then I was just like, yeah, that massively overshadows actually how much of a fucking shit movie it is. It's just like the dialogue, the... um, Just even the chemistry between a lot of the characters. You're just like, this is not a very believable uh, movie. Yeah, you know I mean, he kind of, and I don't know much about law or courtrooms or shit like that. But even I was a little bit. I'm pretty sure you can't ask that shit, or you can't do that. And I was just like, the fact that they're like building the case while the trial's going on, you're like, 
surely you would have all your evidence in the trial. You know, you would have your your case built, and then you go to trial. Do you know what I mean? Not just like on the fly. Fuck. No, because you have you know, like they say in the film, rebuttal witnesses. So someone brings something up, and you've got to bring something back to counter that. You know, there's. Mm. Yeah, it, that's it's. I'm it's pretty sure un- you just can't just. It's an pull. unfolding narrative. It's like it, it's literally like an always sunny episode, and it's just like uh, you know just practicing bird law. Practicing and, bird law and holding back on the 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 what is it the bombshell? Yeah, is that that's what it felt like. It was just like oh bombshell boom, and it's just like yeah this it, and it, it's literally that one scene pretty much saves the whole movie. I think well, you should go back and watch it, mate. I think, I've, like... I've watched it pretty recently and been very, very, very entertained. Mm, um, but, you know, I've, I've got good taste. So, <laughs> look, we can both agree that A Few Good Men is better than Jerry Maguire, though, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, right, cool. That's 100%. good. Good, good, good. So, but Cocktail. But Cocktail, the 1988 R-rated movie, which I was very surprised about, the fact that it's R-rated, um, is about a talented New York City bartender who takes a job at a bar in Jamaica and then finds and falls in love. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. That's the story. Uh, see you next week. Hippie, uh, hippie shake. So if you've not seen the movie before, here's the trailer. In one square mile of this saloon lies the greatest concentration of wealth in the world. Yes. But how was a bartender going to get his hands on any of it? This is the big time. Are you ready for the big time young Mr. Flanagan? I think I can handle it. This isn't what I ordered. Wait, why? Angel Get your act together. A white wine. All right. Now, what was it that you ordered? A martini. What's in that? In many ways, the fool a customer. You will learn them all. Yes, Obi-Wan. You get the women, you get the bucks. And you can see the colour of their panties, and you know you've got talent. Stick with me, son, I'll make you a star. I want you guys working for me. This is a real opportunity. Jet set bartenders, right? The Caribbean Jamaica man. Can I buy a drink? My rum specialties, perhaps? Bartender with a line for everything. The bartender. Now, he's about to be swept off his feet. Stay here forever. By the one thing he didn't expect. I don't tell me Brian Flanagan is in love. This lady's gonna do a number on you, mate. This is more than just a one-night stand. You made a move on her? I'm your friend, you dumbass! Well, I don't have any friends! As of now, that is for sure! Your sexy little smile's not gonna work this time. What the hell is this? That's for you. $10,000. Is that all your daughter's worth? You think I'm letting some bartender walk into my family? I love you. I want to marry you. Throw this bum out of here! You're so hung up on money. See this? Jordan? This is how hung up on money I am. And as for the way I feel about you, I wish you never know. Director Roger Donaldson. Donaldson? Donaldson. Uh, Donaldson. Ever heard that name before? Donaldson. Donaldson. Um, Roger Donaldson. 
Roger Donaldson, the name rings a bell. No, no, not no. nothing. <laughs> uh, so he's probably best known for the world's fastest oh, Indian. Oh, he did Species. He did do Species. Well yeah. done. He also right. did the the Bounty with Mel Gibson and Annie Hopkins. Never saw it. Hey, no, did you ever see the fastest Indian before? The world's fastest Indian. No, I yeah. think doesn't Anthony Hopkins play a questionable uh, New Zealander in that? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, and the, the Indian in in question is the motorbike. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, of uh, course, it's got a big advantage. It's got an engine. Well, that's right. Um, the uh, writer Hayward Gould. Um, ever heard that name before? Nope. Nope. Pretty much, because uh, he wrote the book of uh, Cocktail, which is obviously the movie he's based on. Uh, Hayward uh, wrote the book and the film uh, on his experience as a bartender in the late 1970s and early 1980s. Nice. Uh, a position he took as a struggling writer. Yeah, Been there, my obviously... friend. Yeah, something that you can relate to there. Uh. <laughs> uh, right, Has he so... done anything else that's good? Uh, no, that is literally it. Uh, uh, apparently he wasn't very happy with the movie. Um, when... Oh, what writers are. Exactly. So, uh, obviously, yeah, mentioned we've never done a Tom Cruise movie yet. Uh, so he plays uh, Brian Flanagan. Uh, where else do we know Tom Cruise from? Uh, Valkyrie. Valkyrie, yeah, great shout. Uh, Tropic Thunder... Vanilla Sky. I can't think of anything else that's good. You're just trying to name shit movies, aren't you? Hey, don't speak ill of Tropic Thunder. <laughs> uh, I'd probably say Last Samurai. Uh, How is that your go-to? Surely Top Gun and Mission Impossible are the two. Mate, Last Samurai is a banger movie. Uh, uh, Days of Thunder. Yeah. Of course, obviously, something that we now beloved uh, Top Gun and Top Gun 2. And uh, Minority Report? I mean, uh, Minority Report's great. War of the Worlds isn't. Oh, yeah, no, fuck that movie. And, fun. For, I mean, look, it's Tom Cruise. Everyone knows Tom Cruise because it's Tom Cruise. Everyone can shit on Tom Cruise for whatever things that they want to with regards to Tom Cruise, which, mm. fine, do that. Be silly. But the man's worked with both Spielberg and uh, Kubrick. No other actor has ever done that. This is true. Uh, speaking of other actors... Uh, this is 1988. Uh, yeah. If you were going to cast other actors in this movie uh, to play Tom Cruise's character, uh, who might you pick? Uh, Patrick Swayze. Uh, he has not been okay. considered for the role, as Sylvester far as I can tell. Stallone. He nope. Okay. Think of uh, young Kurt Russell. Young up and coming. Oh, Rob Lowe. Yeah, good chance. Is Rob Lowe one? Yeah. Rob Lowe is one. Um... Uh, and I don't know what Michael Biehn. Uh, no, uh, it was uh, Robin Williams. He was. <laughs> that would have been fucking terrible. Yeah, it would have. Uh, but there are loads of other names that got I... attached with it, but I thought that was the one that stood out the most for me. I'm sorry, I love Robin Williams. I think he's amazing. But if you ask Robin Williams, do you know how to make a red eye? He'll just go on a five minute rant about pink eye. Like yeah. that's. It would have been a completely different film. I just imagine him doing his Mork and Mindy bits just throughout the whole movie. Just like, whoop, beep, beep, whoop, whoop. Yeah. And it's it, been like, oh, yeah, not really my cup of tea, that. You give Robin Williams the Fisher King, yes. Robin no. Williams in Cocktail, no. Some uh, audible notable names. Uh, Keanu Reeves, John Travolta, <laughs> uh, Tom Hanks. I would have liked to see... Uh, Tom Hanks would have been a more wholesome movie because Brian Flanagan's a bit of a shithead. Yeah. John Travolta, that works. Keanu Reeves... Nah. What about Mr. Steve Gutenberg? 
much like Tom Hanks, it, it would have been a bit of a shit. Like, ah, okay, it's a different uh, film now. Two others, uh, Bill Murray and Jeff Bridges were also considered. Bill Murray, no, because again, ah, maybe, yeah, maybe, mm, maybe but, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe. No, you uh, you give me Bill Murray and cocktail. I'm just seeing Bill Murray in stripes doing a silly dance, but this time he's behind a bar. Yeah, exactly. So quite a lot of these actors couldn't commit to the role just because they had conflicts. Uh, so Tom Hanks at the time was filming Big. Mm-hmm. Uh, Murray was doing uh, had sketching conflicts with Scrooge. And Reeves was busy with a little-known movie called Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Nice. Exactly. Uh, then we have Brian Brown. Uh, he plays Doug Coughlin. Uh, he's Coughlin. Probably... Coughlin. Coughlin. How do you pronounce it? Coughlin. Coughlin. Coughlin's Law. Even though it's exactly, it is written Coughlin. C-O-U-G-H-L-I-N. Coughlin. We call him Coughlin. That's fine. Uh, even though we all agree disagree on that. He played uh, Peter Hancock in Breaker Morant. Never heard of it. And that is about it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I think Breaker Moran is the like all Australian film, and it's got like him and so Paul Hogan who plays Crocodile Dundee. I was going to say Brian Brown is very much the um, Paul man's Paul Hogan. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that hundred percent. Hundred percent. But he's is Brian. Brian Brown. Brown also in like. Along came Polly or something. He is, yeah. He's he's in a few of these movies. He also played uh, Osiris in Gods of Egypt as well. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. I like I like Brian Brown. Yeah, he's yeah. all right. He can. Stay. I don't love him. I won't go watch a film because I like oh Brian Brown's in it. But if he turns up, I'm like ah, oh, it's the guy from Cocktail. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Okay, oh, guy from Cocktail. And also as well, the uh, love interest uh, played by Elizabeth Shue is uh, Jordan Mooney. Nice. That's the second week in a row for Elizabeth Shue appearance, I believe. It is. Um, so, with this then, uh, you've worked behind a bar. Yes, I have, sir. I've worked behind a bar. Yes, you have. So, I'm pretty sure we're going to be giving out quite a lot uh, about this movie and the things it gets right and the things it gets wrong. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we're going to have a little bit more of a, fl- I'd say, a free flowing episode. It's going to be a free pour episode, everybody. Oh, free pour. Yeah, cocktail. Cocktail, right, should we jump on the couch? Oh, absolutely. It is movie talk time. So back in the room. Uh, first thing, your thoughts? I forgot that Gina Gershon was in this movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll pretend to know who that was. All right, she's the photographer that stoops Tom Cruise. Of course, yes. Oh, you, you know go. what? I was wondering where the fuck I knew her from. And uh, Kelly Lynch is of Roadhouse fame. This film has a lot of character actors going for it. You're like, oh, they're from that thing, and there's enough fun in it. Like the the scenes kind of move on so quickly. You're in a mm. moment. Oh, he's doing the thing with the bar. They're in Jamaica. Oh, they're at the waterfall. It moves at mm. such a pace that at the end of it, you just don't realise that nothing actually fucking happens in this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I was a little bit like that when I was watching because I was I was thinking right, well this movie's what uh, an hour forty, yeah, and it, it got to the bit where it's like when they sort of like get to Jamaica, I was like, oh this is pretty much like towards the end of the movie, and then and then like I was like fuck this is not even halfway through, and I was like ah oh, shit, and then and then I just remembered this all the you know them getting back to New York shit, and I was like ah oh, I've, I've compl- I always switch off at this point because. 
Yeah. Um, for me, this movie, um, as I, um, when I was a young man, back in the day, way uh, back, way back, going back about twenty years now. Uh, when I went to college, I started at TGI Fridays, which is very much what this, um, you know, the original bar, you know, where it goes to the uh, Barnum and Bailey, red and white stripes outside. That's the original TGI Fridays in New York, which I don't think is any longer there. Um, and it has that sort of like saloon style to it. It's that very kind of like New York nitty gritty, small ash bar. And TGI Fridays has always tried to replicate that. And that's why you always had these like sort of square bars, these island bars, so that people would come in, sit around. And, you know, the idea was uh, what's called corner bar theory, hmm. which is that, uh, you know, one person can sit on one side of the bar, another person can sit on another side of the bar, and they can then have a conversation across the bar like that rather than yeah. have to turn left to right. Like in um, Cheers, just very much like in Cheers, and it's it uh, back at the time. Uh, it was very much a quite a sought after place to work. It was very good tips. It paid very well, and the amount of training you got there was exceptional. And you had to audition for a job there. So it wasn't just like, "Hey, you're good." It's like you had to have some sort of talent. So you had to be able to like sing, dance. Or do some sort of like trick or something like that. And what was your trick? Because I know you can't sing or dance. Oh, I'm a triple threat, thank you very much. Uh, not a good <laughs> And what threat. are your triple threats? Because I know you can't sing or dance. Uh, I can I can hum. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I can, can clap sh- almost I, in rhythm. I can shake my boobs. Nice. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, but I can also juggle. Um, and this started me off on the road to becoming a professional bartender. So I started off as a as a bus boy, uh, then became a waiter, and then a door host, and like you know, sort of like in charge, like almost like a mini manager in a way. Like you know, you're sort of doing the seating arrangements and all that sort of shit. And then a um, and then I finally became a bartender. And cool. I moved in with a bunch of bartenders. Uh, this is just as I was sort of like gearing into university at that time, and they all loved this movie. This was like a staple in our household. Uh, this was like, oh, you want to be a bartender at TJ Fridays? You must watch Cocktail. This is like fucking stockbrokers who watch uh, Wall Street or Boiler Room. Exactly. Yeah, and I think it, this Fuck movie. Those guys. <laughs> This movie does capture an element of working in a, uh, definitely in a high volume bar, especially the TGI Friday scene, mm. which we'll, we'll obviously get into. Um, and it does capture a little bit of the, I would say the rogue element of bartending as well. It's just that, you know, your your life is very much, uh, very floaty. You know, you're not exactly holding down a... Um, a prime time job as you're it were destroying you're destroying your liver well yeah there's a lot of partying there's a lot of drinking uh, there's not a lot of drugs in this movie which I, I feel that's uh, that was <laughs> Mis- misrepresentation a slight misrepresentation mm. Um, but it kind of captured the the vibe of working for um, the, those kind of bars, and I went on to have a very, I'd say, like a uh, you know, in air quotes, a successful career as a bartender. Um, I did a lot with it. I became a uh, a professional flarer, uh, so that's in a professional bottle juggler. So I was getting paid to travel around the world and do shows and competitions and 
uh, even ventured into a lot of the mixology side of things. So that's where I was actually crafting, creating cocktails and won a few awards. Uh, I was at one point one of the top bartenders in the country for the UK. And it was, you know, like, it, it, but it got to a point where I was just like, is this it? You know what I mean? Is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? And I think you do as a bartender, when you start hitting a certain age, you're like, am I going to do this for the next 10, 20 years? Uh, maybe I might need to do something a little bit different because every weekend's the same. Every weekend's a party. You know, your Friday and Saturday nights, you're, you're, you're boozing it up hitting it hard on you know uh, what we'd call point you know the the busiest point of the bar uh, or the bar or the point where uh, most people would come to first so if you're coming through the door that's where you, you're the busiest because that's where you know you first make contact with, with with the customers and i was just you just get a bit bored of it like because you're just like fuck this i'm just like yeah you do feel that you can be sort of wasting your life and i feel the movie slightly captures that element of it as well yeah, like, but his his isn't necessarily a life wasting thing. It's an I'm not making enough money because fucking mm. yuppie America tells me I should be making a shit ton of money. Mm. And what? I get it. I get I get a hundred percent what you say. I mean, my experience as a bartender is uh, different and limited. Uh, zero flair, zero um, competitions. Didn't live with a household of bartenders. Think I would have hated that. But yeah, it wasn't uh, great. <laughs> man, I can, I can A, pull a mean pint, and B, I can make the cocktails. I just don't have yeah. any like vazaz to it. And I, I think there was a like in a weird way a slight snobbery about it as well because no shit. There, there, you know, like as a as a professional bartender, you know, I was you know, having to rack up and make uh, you know serve multiple people at the same time and mm. being able to remember you know sort of like uh, TJ Fridays. Uh, you had to remember, I think it was like 250 cocktails minimum off the top of your head or something like that. And then you went off and worked for uh, other bars that I've sent you based on that same system. So, And how I, many I, times do people say to you, can I have a red eye? Uh, no, it's not a, a very popular drink because uh, it tastes no, like shit. Because it's got fucking <laughs> egg in it. Yeah, it's uh, it's basically like a Bloody Mary, but it's uh, instead of any like the Worcestershire sauce or something like that, it's beer. <laughs> so it's uh, it's if I remember correctly, it's uh, it's vodka, tomato juice, beer, and an egg. It sounds like the worst cocktail. Yeah, but you say that like, uh, but you use egg whites a lot in cocktails I, to make egg whites. Yeah, but not the yeah. not the whole. Yeah, yeah it's not a scene it. from Rocky. Like, I want the opposite of what Rocky's doing. The, the thing for me is that um, they use it in the movie as, like, a hangover cure. Yeah. It's got an egg uh, in it. Oh, yeah, it's got an egg. And I'm just like, there is nothing more than I think of that would make me fucking sick than having uh, a sort of, like, a shit, a shit Bloody Mary. tomato juice beer Which has been, yeah, which is being essentially watered down with beer. <laughs> I'm like, nah. Hard pass. Um, So look, this film was a lot of fun, and we know it's a Mm. lot of fun because of how it starts, which is Tom Cruise and all of his cop buddies chasing down a bus. Oh, they're not cops; they're they're army officers. Tom Cruise and his army officer buddies chasing down a bus. She's some sort of like MP or something like that. Yeah, chasing down the old greyhound. I think it kind of um, yeah. This just bit is like really weird because it never really references much more that he was in the army. Um, yeah, he think... has a conversation with his uncle Pat. 
and yeah, that's kind and, of it. And you you see that uh, leads on a little bit when he's like, right, I'm going to make it in the city, and then he goes and tries to get himself like essentially an office job. Uh, and for for me, and probably maybe for you as well, that all office jobs are the same. Oh, aren't they just and. <laughs> They do the kind of like you know films when they've got that the, the I'm too sexy montage, which is someone trying yeah. on like an outfit, an outfit, an outfit, to the tune of I'm too sexy. They've got this one, but instead of I'm too sexy with an outfit, it's you're not hired, you're not hired, you're not good enough. College, college, college. Yeah. And it's just it was, it's the sort of thing when I watched it when I was younger, I was just like, okay, I get it. And now really watching it this time, I was like, okay, I get it. Fuck, I just <laughs> needed two of these, not fucking twenty. Yeah, I felt that they were just really trying to hammer home that this guy is, uh, well, two things. He's very ambitious because he's going for these big jobs with no college degree. And he is trying to convince people that he is a hard worker and he just needs his chance to prove himself. Um, unbeknown to him that uh, obviously he's, his lack of experience even the experience of being in the army is kind of holding him back. So as he's walking through, he sees a help wanted sign outside you know, in air quotes, TGI Fridays. Uh, they were. I don't believe they're ever actually allowed to say it's TGI Fridays. No, they don't. I don't think they ever mentioned the name of the bar. Um, yeah. But you can definitely tell it is TGI Fridays because all the waitresses had the red and white striped tops. Yeah. Which I used to fucking hate wearing. Like it, it's the. It used to be this really horrible like cotton and. Anything that would get spilled on it, oh my god, it would just like stain it because it's obviously meant to be bright white. Yeah. And then you'd have these uh, braces, these essentially bandoliers of like badges, and you got badges for loads of different things. So you get like a a, a wow badge, which is essentially like the walk on water, uh, uh, like magic moment. Jennifer Aniston's character to have this sort of thing in uh, office space. Yeah, exactly. The flare, uh, like what well, they call it, flare badge flare. But you are very much encouraged to wear all sorts of badges and make your uh, yourself look as crazy and out there as possible. You also had to on evening shifts wear a crazy hat. So that was I used to wear a bowler hat because that's as crazy as I got. <laughs> But uh, yeah, there are some people that used to wear jester hats, uh, crowns. You can just wear a flat cap, you know. You can get away with that if you want to look like, you know, a very young David Beckham. So yeah, he meets Coglin and he becomes his messiah. And yeah, we see him suck at bartending to the point where his socks become all wet and moist. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's quite funny that because um, when they're all screaming at him, there's some of the cocktails that even I remember. There's like. Uh, the one that stood out for me was the day mother yeah. because that was a that was a drink I used to drink a lot. Um, it's basically like a very tall white Russian, nice. and uh, you know, and to the point where she's like, "Oh, uh, uh, give me Cuba Libra," yeah, and he's like, "Oh, you bitch! Why don't you just tell me it's a rum and coke?" And you're like, "Well, it's not actually just a rum and coke, Mister Tom Cruise. It's a rum and coke with a squeeze of lime. Get it right? Uh, you're, you're, you're an asshole. <laughs> it's a rum and coke." It is not, it is it? That's a rum and coke, Craig. There's rum and coke, and then there's Cuba Libra. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so. she, she's she's like a two-second character that I think in a rewrite he must have slept with. Uh, mm, maybe. But you know, they're, they're, she's instantly attracted to him. He's attracted to her. There's that underlying tension, like like uh, vibe going on. Yeah. Um, they, they, they captured the kind of chaotic nature of working, and essentially he's working what's called the service bar. Yeah. And he, you know, so you're not only making drinks for customers, um, you're making drinks for the tables. Yeah. 
So you do get like I I remember some fucking horror shifts where I was working in service bar, and you just get absolutely slammed, yeah. and you're just getting ticket after ticket coming through, and then you've got some fucking waiter who's like you know just walked in, it's like demanding their drink, and it's like mate you you're back of the queue at the moment, <sighs> and then you just have like shouting matches, and you're just like mate I'm trying to work as fucking fast as I can. And yeah, it, it it captured that kind of frustration as well, because especially as when I think back to like when you're starting off in places, there was very much a, I wouldn't say like a hazing, oh, but okay. it was very much a, no, I, I, I was saying more like a, you know, real baptism of fire sometimes working in those places. They, yeah. they throw you into like a real busy shift. And then when you didn't get something right, oh, it was just, you, you, they used to make you feel like absolute dickheads. Um, and it was just that kind of culture where you were trying to elicit great behaviour, but maybe not through the best of means. And when I ended up working for Be It One, um, when they were very kind of like, you know, uh, young company back then, there was only like a handful of bars, maybe, I think maybe like five or six bars when I started there. So they were established, but they were owned by the, um, at the time, well, the the three owners, uh, Lee, Steve, and Reese, they were all very well accomplished TGI Fridays bartenders. And Lee Miller was, uh, I believe, world champion mm-hmm. um, you know, for TGI Fridays. So they really elicit that um, that kind of behaviour. Um, and when I say that kind of behaviour, just really stringent, high standards that you had to deliver at rapid pace, and. Uh, yeah, you know, I remember um, having my certification and I was I had probably maybe about like 15, 20 drinks out in front of me and one of them was a platinum margarita and then unbeknownst to me because the platinum margarita was uh, a, a few rows on my, uh, on my mats, I hadn't noticed that a tiny amount of champagne had dripped down the side of the glass and so it had gone over the sugar rim and uh after i think my certification was about an hour and hour and a bit uh and i was pulled off afterwards oh yeah like that. <laughs> and then I, I got taken into the back and then it was oh, like yeah. yep that last hour and a half or that hour whatever you were on the bar for yep essentially all for nothing because you that uh, this happened and i was like are you fucking kidding me like i was just like ah um but that was just how high you know the standards were back then and you know it, but it just made you a, a, a better uh, bartender because you just had to be so so aware and so yeah. so precise well um, speaking of precise we get a lovely hippie hippie shake dance between uh <laughs> Coughlin and uh brian flanagan yeah the the tandem flair which, which was fucking awful was it <laughs> oh mate in terms like if you, is this um, going to be another five-minute story about you bartending days? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you. This is what this whole fucking <laughs> podcast is about. Sorry. What like regaling stories? Something. Oh, sorry. I have some fucking experience about the fucking you know subject in a movie that we're fucking talking about. Oh, okay. Well, how about we just go back to what we're doing? I'll just read off the fucking script from <laughs> Wikipedia. It's too easy. Uh, you, can't, you can't win with you, Craig. Uh, oh no, you can't. Uh, oh. I'm like Lester, and you're like Saracens. You just can't win. Yeah. Yeah. So go on. Do you want my expertise opinion about something? How bad was the tandem uh, flaring? Well, 
just Tom Cruise's general flaring anyway is something to be desired because he just does these, you know, sort of... Uh, some people call them different things, you know, some people call them like bottle turns, some people call them just essentially flipping the bottle, you know, so you're just doing rotations and, you know, so he does like, does a full rotation and you're just like, okay, that is literally something that you would teach someone like day one and the idea though, and this is one of the things where you can, this is where I'm saying you can get really snobby with it all, at the end of the day it's meant to be entertaining. Now, if what you're doing behind the bar is entertaining, then job complete. You know what I mean? Job done, mission accomplished. But at the same time, I can't ever remember a time where the bar's been five deep, like it is, and then you have time to put on a tandem show, and being and everyone's actually going to be clapping and singing along with it. Um, yeah. No. So the, this is this is one of the big problems I had with the film watching it this time from mm. an like from an analytical point of view not in a like oh just entertain me like i know it's a bit of a shit film but it's a fun shit film this time looking at yeah. it and going right yeah where are the problems number one was this scene and number two is another bartending scene that's coming up in a bit where it's yeah. very much like um yeah we all want drinks oh but there's a show going on fuck it my alcoholism can wait there's <laughs> just there was just a certain level of um i've got a lot to kind of um suspend in my yeah. disbelief here there were, there were some things with the crowd you know when he's turning off the stereo it's like the addicted to love yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. like oh mate you used to do that all the time in the bar you know you'd always do like you know mess with the volume and you know turn it down let people sing the, the chorus and that stuff like I that. Did. that I was absolutely fine with but when it's like I need a drink I need a drink I need a oh a show my drink yeah. wait it's like now yeah, it's th- this is the thing, f- like flare bars and there's what's called exhibit, uh, exhibit, no fucking hell, uh, exhibition flare. Yep. And there's working flare. Working flare is really quick, kind of, and it wouldn't in a way slow you down. So it's very much like quick flicks behind the back, a uh, little um, kind of like cuts and things like that. When you're pouring, you can do some sort of like very cool like ninja shit, you know, just like little quick flicks of the bottle and stuff like that. Um, but when you're doing like a routine and then people like, you know, if it's, if it takes longer for you to make a drink by anything more than like, I'd say like 30 seconds to a minute, uh, then you're, you're doing what I'd say is an exhibition flair. You're, you're not doing, you're not, you're not creating a, an enjoyable experience uh, for the for the rest of the bar. Maybe that one patron that you're making a drink for is like, oh wow, I can't believe this fucking guy is taking five minutes to make my fucking cocktail and like and juggling like four fucking bottles. But it's like it's meant to work within the making of the drink, if you know what I mean. So that for me is just like when you see them like flipping the bottles and things like that while they're making the drinks you're like yeah okay i'll give that a little pass um you can't pour for shit though that's that's one thing and one and the other thing as well is when he uh working flare generally you don't do a lot of uh rotations of the bottle you keep the bottle very flat mm. because just with centrifugal uh, centrifugal force you have to keep liquid in so as soon as it starts to spin or rotate when there's more than, you know, say even like a quarter of a bottle in there, that liquid's just flying out. And you see Tom Cruise doing that and you just be like, oh, well done, mate, just wasted a fucking shot. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like you're just splashing every man and woman in the in the bar with your fucking liquor. Uh, yeah, it, it, it wouldn't fly behind, behind the bar. No, well, it does fly for the 
bar tycoon owner. He's like, you gotta come work for me. Mm. Um, I don't know why he's an old, old New Yorker, but he is. Um, I've got the hardest place in New York. Is yeah. Hardest joint. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so then we move from that bar to this second bar where right. uh, two things happen. One... One. <laughs> One, we meet Gina Gershon, who's like, hey, you two are going to be the next big thing. Uh, and she starts sleeping with Tom Cruise. And mm-hmm. number two, everybody stops to hear a poem. Yeah, one thing I never really understand about this is like this idea that they're going to be fucking celebrities. I'm sorry, everyone stops to hear a poem. Yeah, that bit um, I can like. Oh, they, yeah, okay, famous. Oh, it's, it's, I get it's a it. fucking yeah. It's but, a it's a fucking New York hot place. They're, they're always going to have little fucking weird shit shows on like that. No, I remember going to like little places like that in Covent Garden where they were just like um, they would have like the uh, the gentleman rapper or something like that. Or which. The, don't get me wrong, I can vibe with if at three o'clock it's scheduled that the gentleman rapper's going to be there, or whatever, you know. <laughs> but this motherfucker just climbs some stairs and everyone's like, ah, oh, this frog-looking dude's going to say a poem. Everyone, shh, be quiet. They kill the music. Everyone's yeah, he's, like, do you not hear him? He's the first yuppie poet. And his poem sucks. Because that's the bottom line. That is, that is it's, it's such a bad poem. And then for everyone in that place to be like, one more poem, one more. Yeah, this is supposed to, be, more. supposed to be the hottest place in town. If I went into a bar that looked like something out of fucking 80s steampunk and everyone stopped to hear a poem, I'd be like, okay, I'm in David Lynch's Twin Peaks. I'm I'm in a weird fucking world here. <laughs> and then Tom Cruise, one more poem, one more poem. The poet doesn't have another poem. Oh yeah, he's, he's fucked up. He's, he's like, like he's a one hit wonder. Yeah, like, oh, he's shit. fucking Chesney Hawks. Play that same song. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he is the Chesney Hawks of uh, yuppie poets. <laughs> and then Tom Cruise is like, well, luckily, apropos of nothing so far, we haven't studied my time uh, uh, going to like liter- literature classes. You know, I'm not there reading fucking Shakespeare. But don't worry, I've got a poem out of my ass. Yeah. And that becomes a thing for the rest of the film. Like he just, oh, and I'm gonna do another poem. The Alabama Slammer. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, do you remember the drinks? Uh, I remember some of them. Uh, he, he says an orgasm. Yep. Uh, I think he says a fuzzy navel or something like that. Uh, uh, maybe. But I know he gives her a blue lagoon at the end, which is like just one of the worst fucking drinks you can make. It's literally just like, if I remember correctly, it's like a, just blue curacao and orange juice. Brilliant. Um, well, I like the bit where she's like, oh, uh, I'd like an I, orgasm, uh, please. Can, and it's Multiple. like, yeah, some, some say it's better than busting a nut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, nice. so the drinks are um, uh, Sex on the Beach, a schnapps mm-hmm. made from peach, a velvet hammer, an Alabama slammer. Oh, that's a velvet hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, things uh, he makes that juice and froth, the pink squirrel, the three-toed sloth. Drinks yeah. that are so sweet and snazzy, the iced tea, the kamikaze. Oh, yeah, uh, kamikaze. Orgasm, are awful. The death spasm, the so- Singapore sling, the ding-a-ling, and someone in the background goes, ding-a-ling? Um, I've, yeah, no, I, I know what a Singapore sling is. I've never heard of a fucking ding-a-ling. <laughs> and, uh, and then a shot. That's the last oh, one. Is, uh, you've invited no, every flavour I've got. Uh, just a fucking just order shot. a shot. Hey, yeah, hey everyone. Order a beer. Order can't... a fucking shot, all right? <laughs> It'll be easier for me to eat. Shot it up, all right? Yeah, I, I do remember some of the other cocktails that he's mentioned in previously. I think one of them was a fryer tuck. Yeah. Uh, there was some other fucking... Yeah, they're all like... Um, 
some of those cocktails are just literally just fucking awful. Like you went, because one of the things is is uh, back when you worked at TGI's, you get some other cunt from another TGI's walking in and trying to like trip you up by ordering a sort of really kind of uh, um, obscure, not like a rare drink, but just a obscure. Thank you. Yeah, just an obscure drink that would be in the back of the fucking manual, and you would be like, "Oh, can I get a yeah, pink squirrel?" And you're like, "Oh, fuck off, cunt." Um, Sunset Santa Fe, uh, or you know some. Uh, oh, what's another one? Um, I tell you what, actually, <laughs> yeah, keep believe it, bitch. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, he he starts sleeping with Gina Gershon and he's fallen in love with her, kind of, I guess. Kind, of, yeah, it's that kind of weird like infatuation. It's like I think I'm in love with her. No, 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 you just had a few yagers. Yeah, <laughs> you're drunk. <laughs> you're drunk, Brian. Go home. Um, <laughs> And Brian, ah, there you go. Brian Brown, Doug Coughlin, yeah. basically says, uh, well, after he's pitched that they go to Jamaica, he's like, don't fall in love with the woman you sleep with on the first date. P.S. I bet you she's going to sleep with anybody else by the end of the week. I, I do like the fact that they're uh, playing basketball and uh, Brian's got a fag in his mouth. And I was like, that is probably the most realistic aspect of, <laughs> of the whole film. Because I just imagine myself just there. It's like after, like, you know, fucking Saturday night outside trying to do some sort of sport, fagging mouth. Yeah, I can see you trying to dunk and then, like, rolling your ankle or something. (laughs) Yeah, I cannot dunk. (laughs) No. I I can barely leave the ground. You're a white man. White man can't dunk. Well, I think Woody Harrelson had something to say about that. I've never actually fully seen that film. It's pretty good. Yeah, is it better than Cocktail? Uh, It's up there. Is it better than Jerry Maguire? Oh, every movie is. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah, Brian Coughlin... No, no, uh, Doug Coughlin, Brian Brown, sleeps with Gina Gershon, Tom Cruise punches him, and then he moves... Quite rightly, I oh, think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, bit yeah. of a dick move. Um, and then he moves to Jamaica. In Jamaica. Got my pretty mama. Oh, is it, is, it, is it Jamaica song, or is it the... Uh, what's the other one? Uh, I love being a colada. That's the pina colada song. Oh, that is uh, AKA Escape, um, yeah. which everyone knows by now is the worst love song. <laughs> if you don't, yeah. if you don't know that that's the worst love song, listen to the lyrics. Um, yeah. And then you've got, um, yeah, Bermuda Bahama. Is my video on? Yeah. I have not. I have only just realised this. Yeah, I'm watching you. Look at that. Hey, buddy. Um, good job I didn't do anything inappropriate. <laughs> So, yes, uh, he goes down to Jamaica where he meets. Who does he meet, Adam? Uh, Elizabeth Shue. Uncle Frank uh, from Home Alone. Does he? Yeah. Oh, he does, Uncle doesn't he? Uncle Frank from Home Alone comes ah, up and he's, yeah, like, and he's like, hey, hey I, buddy, I, give me a free not, drink. My name's not Buddy, it's Pal. <laughs> I'm not your pal, buddy. Yeah, I, I used to fuck, the one thing I used to fucking hate was like dog whistling at a bar or something like that. It's like, and you just like, oh, I, when it, if you've got a bit of sass behind the bar, everyone quite likes it. Mm. But there's, uh, there's just something when someone's really fucking rude and obnoxious and very obviously talking down to anybody it works in. Yeah. Um, some sort of like hospitality kind of forward facing, you know, customer service. I've been told off by a bartender once because he thought I was tapping the bar, like hitting the bar for attention. Yeah. Uh, I'm just quite... A fi- you, you were just racking up a line. I was just racking up a line. <laughs> uh, I'm quite a fidgety person, so I was just stood there doing paradiddles with my hands, and he thought I was yeah. like, yo, give me service. So we got into yeah. it over that. 
Um, and then he refused to serve me. Yeah, I think there's a there, there's definitely a a fine line between that kind of arrogant snootiness that from actually being behind the bar, where you know you think you're like in your own domain and you're you know essentially god for the night. Yeah. Uh, where you know you you know you see people get cut off for like literally no reason other than they just maybe even just said the wrong thing. Um, whereas you would then have on the very extreme side people just get like walked over and like people treat them like shit and you're just kind of like yeah it's an exchange you know what I mean it's just like you're coming in to spend money to have a good time but at the same time that shouldn't be at the cost of anyone that's working behind the bar treat others as you would expect to be treated yeah just uh, some fucking respect yeah R-E-S-T-E-C-P Restecpa exactly and and obviously this guy gave no respect. So hence why, as soon as uh, Elizabeth Shue comes running over and say, "Hey, I've got a drunk chick passed out on the beach," Tom Cruise fucking legs it. To be clear, Frank from the Home Alone <laughs> could have been the nicest man. He could have been Tom Hanks, and if Elizabeth Shue came along, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise would have been like, "See ya," because it's Elizabeth yeah. Shue in 1988. Like, yeah, she's looking pretty hot. She, I'm not gonna lie. You know, she's better than she looks in 1985. Mm, uh, yeah. <laughs> Back to the future jokes. Um, so, yes, he uh, he meets Elizabeth Shue, saves her friend, sort of. I mean, she just she she had what? Well, he just goes, oh, she's had a few drinks. Oh, she's had cham- champagne yeah. and then perfume going she in, can't... poison coming out. It's like right, so she's passed out because she's drunk. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so if it, this is Mister Cruz that's been serving her. He should be in a bit of trouble because obviously you can't. You, you need to cut people off before they even get to that point. So, uh, but this is Jamaica, so you can do whatever the yeah, fuck you want. Yeah, they don't pay taxes down in Jamaica either. Don't pay taxes. Jamaica is the and... place to be. Yeah, so he meets Elizabeth Shue. She, they are flirting at the bar, and wouldn't wouldn't you know it? Cochrane turns up and orders a red yeah. eye. Yeah, uh, you know make a red eye. Um, you want to see yeah, a you... grown man cry? Hi, <laughs> Prime Minister. It's uh, it's one of those things. Like Tom Cruise seems very happy to see him, um, and you're a bit like, yeah, but you last time you saw each other, you banged your missus and you punched him in the face. Yeah, but he probably feel... looked back with a bit of retrospective and was like, huh, I didn't love her. Huh. Yeah. He maybe did do he me was a bit right. Of a... Huh. Yeah, maybe. I am Tom Cruise in 1988. I'm doing okay. Yeah, and then uh, somehow uh, Mr. Brian. Miss um, Brian Brown has managed to uh, marry in this time frame a millionaires yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. She's a descendant of one of the Koch brothers or something. Like she's she's got a load of money, and that's that was their conflicting ways. Was Brian wanted to work hard to get his money, and Coughlin wanted to just marry into it. They both achieve yeah. sort of, but what I've never yeah. understood is how Coughlin finds him. Well, he like sheer luck. Well, he says they're there on their honeymoon. But they didn't. So ma- did they specifically choose to go there because someone like put a picture up on like nineteen eighty eight Facebook saying like check out this bartender? He's gone nineteen eighty eight viral. Like, there's no, there's no rhyme or it's an absolute one in a however many towns. Maybe word are. travels fast. Maybe it's like, hey, there's some hot bartender down in Jamaica who's fucking. Throwing bottles around. Does he know how really to make badly. a red eye? And go, oh, that sounds like Brian Flanagan. Or, I guarantee you this question was asked in 1987, I suppose, when the film was getting made. 
And uh, the response, quite rightly, would have been, yeah, but it works for Casablanca. And, mm. you know, fair enough. I've talked myself out of the argument. It works for Casablanca. Do you um do you know who else might have actually played uh, Doug Coughlin? Coughlin. 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 Um, Paul Hogan, Eric Banner, Kylie Minogue. Who? So this is so you need a slightly more older, jaded gentleman, late nineteen eighties. Jaded Jack Palance. Mm, That'd be fucking great. So uh, apparently, Jack um, uh, Jack Nicholson. Are you kidding? Uh, yeah, Jack Nicholson. Oh, uh, that would have been great. Apparently, also Michael uh, Michael Caine was attached at one point. <laughs> oh, that would have sucked. Do you know how to make a red eye? You're only supposed to pop the bloody bottle cap off. Yeah, yeah. you know he could have done it. I've got the hippie hippie shakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, so I really want to been... see that now. It could have been a very, very different movie. Oh, that would be um, so good. So, yeah, so so Tom Cruise then ends up busting the nuts uh, in Jordan uh, and then to every man's nightmare of knocking up a one-night stand. Well, this is b- after um, <laughs> he is bet by Brian that he couldn't sleep with an older lady. Brian's like the sex devil on his shoulder. Mm. Sorry, I said Brian. So. I, uh, Bri- Doug Coughlin. Brian Dennehy. Brian not a fucking Brian Dennehy. Um, I'm saying Brian, and I mean Doug. Doug is the uh, yeah Brian Brown. Brian Brown. Doug. Brian Brown is Doug on Brian Flanagan, Tom Cruise's shoulder. Got it. So the thing is, uh, like with all of this now, is this sort of like so this is where the movie kind of like for us, I think we both agree, kind of falls off a little bit because it goes a little bit back and forth. So um, you know. Yeah, he fucks up. He meets some rich, snooty woman who essentially becomes a bit of a sugar mama for him. And he's then treated like fucking the help. You know, she... Uh, I like the bit where he wakes up and then she's doing her fucking gymnastics. He's like, oh, go get us the fucking orange juice from the fucking fridge. Every and he's fucking like, morning. And then you're like, oh my God, what a fucking nightmare living in a penthouse in Manhattan. And all i got to do is just get up because my... Uh, my hot girlfriend is trying to take care of her fitness. This is living hell. Fuck. Uh, she's paying for everything and she's buying me nice grey suits to wear to art White exhibitions. Guy oh no. Fucking no. Yeah, exactly. This is this is someone's idea of a fucking nightmare like situation. You're like, wow, fucking This is the thing where people like comment about films where the worst thing that can happen to a fucking middle class white man is that he gets bored with his really nice life. Yeah, uh, no, existential like... crisis. <laughs> Money's oh, coming no. in. The kids are doing okay at school. Steak for dinner. Steak again. for dinner cooked by my hot wife, who I'm guaranteed to sleep with. Oh my god, it's so boring. I need a chance to change an adventure. It's like, dude, that that is yeah, that is so... basically the plot line of I don't know a couple dozen. 80s and 90s films. Yeah, so he then goes, uh, punches some art sculptor or whatever, and that's when they have that little breakup. And he's just like, this is what I mean, it's just like, it just feels like a real fucking nothing bit. And Brian Coughlin. Uh, Doug Coughlin. Coughlin. Uh, Coughlin. Coughlin's Coughlin. Coughlin. Law. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's uh, shacked up with his new bar slash restaurant. But because he doesn't know fuck all about business, because he's never read a book like Tom Cruise, 
Uh, he's squalid all the money and he didn't know that he had to pay things like taxes or utilities or buy people uniforms or, and you're or just any like, of the fucking normal things he would have had to do yeah I was just like I swear this guy used to run a fucking yeah. bar like, you know what I mean? like it's just, it was a little bit like hmm so apparently he's put all his money into commodities whatever that means and with that he's lost it all and uh, he's got fuck all now he, I have a couple of things to say. Obviously, like we've talked about the fact that Jordan Elizabeth Shue is pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how many weeks it was since Jamaica to now. Aruba, Jamaica. Something, something, something. But she seemed to know that she was pregnant real fucking quick. Yeah, she. This is like a movie. What would like to say? Like, oh, we slept together yeah, last night. A... Now nah, I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah, that whole fucking just wake up. Oh shit, I'm pregnant. Like it's like, mm, no, how it works. Like, no. All right. <laughs> um, so there's that, and then there's the other thing, which is, um, Doug has lost all his money. He's on the boat with Brian because he's got a boat now, and he's like, "Ah, oh, don't tell the wife that I'm Mate. I'm broke. She thinks the world of me." And you're there like, "Hey, she doesn't she's definitely fucking yeah. that guy you saw her making out with." And B, she's getting off with she's everyone in the club. Try and fuck Tom Cruise in about five minutes. She does yeah, exactly. not think the world of you, sir. But he did get bought a bottle of Louis Tray. Was it five five hundred dollar bottle of? And even I was a bit like five hundred bucks for a bottle of Louis Tray. And I was just trying to think to myself, it's like how much did a bottle of Louis Tray cost What's back the then? The inflation I rate. I wonder. Anyway, yeah. So he 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 does himself in the neck with the bottle. That's a real, real fucking violent way to go yeah, out. He's sterilising the wound that's if he a, makes it. Yeah, that's a man's way of going out. It's like, what can I do? I'm on a boat. I could just drown. Or I could stab myself yeah. in the neck. Or I could work fucking hard and get myself out of this situation. <laughs> yeah, or, <laughs> yeah, or I could try and get myself out of this debt. Nope. Bottle in the neck. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, um, he's chasing down uh, Elizabeth Shue now. And... This is where I, I actually have, like, when I was watching this movie, I was like, actually, Tom Cruise, as much as he, you know, people say he's a bit of a sociopath or psycho in real life. Do in they? this movie. I have um, never said such did. things. Because uh, he, he finds, it's when he finds out, he's like, he's banging on the door, he's like, hey, we need to talk and all this sort of stuff. And then the, uh, the neighbour comes out and he's like, oh, hey, she's not here, she moved back in with her parents. And he's like, oh, where's that? And he's like, oh, on the corner of Park Avenue, which is like, you know, like Mayfair Park Lane. Yeah, it's the blue, it's the blue tiles us. on the Monopoly board. It's very much the blue tiles on on the Monopoly board. And I was like, okay, and this is where his interest peaks a little bit too much. Where he's like, oh, Park Avenue. And he's like, runs in. And he's like, hey, we need to be together. I know we only spent like literally one night together, and I got you pregnant, but I love you, and I yeah, want to marry like- you. <laughs> and I was. I'm not interested in the money. And then when her dad like gives her the fucking check for ten thousand pounds, he's like, "Is this all your daughter's worth to you? She's at least worth three <laughs> times as much." <laughs> she's bo- she's worth ten bottles of Louis Tray. His infatuation only, you know, with her, only kind of comes to fruition really when he finds out that she's like a fucking daughter of some millionaire. Yeah. And I was and I was just a little bit like, yeah, when you're watching, he's like, I'm not interested in the money, I don't want the money. And he tears up the cheque and stuff like that. I was a bit like, 
But you are, though. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's not just fucking beat around the bush and lie about this. And so, I can't even, like, it it escapes me now. Because he gets towards the end and he, like, runs up and punches out the Oh, no, this ending is just, like, fucking... None of it needs to add up. None of the threads need to connect. Fucking Doug's dead, so he goes to win Jordan back. And she's just like, yeah, I love him too. What? Yeah. But you're like, when When? did this happen? It was like... Yeah, like when when did you decide to fucking flip and go? Oh, I don't want anything to do with you. I'm fine. I'm gonna take care of the baby myself. You fucked me over. You slept with some bitch on a on a dare on a bet, and this is how you are. This is the kind of person you are. I don't, like, and he's like, I deserve a second chance. It's like, no, no, you don't. No one does. You know no. I mean, that's the thing. No one deserves like, anything. Yo, right? Fucking work hard. No one. For yeah, exactly. Fucking entitled motherfucker. And so, but that in the end, and as soon as he like, yeah, punches that fucking eighty-year-old doorman in the face, then she's like, oh yeah, actually. And then, and this is the (laughs) right. This is the stupidest part of the film. Maybe Mm. not actually, because I still can't get over the fucking. We'll stop the nightclub for a poem. But the (laughs) stupidest part of the film is that they're fucking married in the next scene. I like to think there's obviously been a... a no, there hasn't, because between... she's not got bigger with that baby belly. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, no, it's a great that child. baby belly oh, is he's, a real he's a to my unborn child. She fucking marries him within less than two months. Yeah, and if you've ever tried to open up a bar before, mate, like, they fucking get that place up and running real quick. Yeah, Uncle Pat's help, they franchise it, it's a whole thing, and guess what? Poem time. So do you think she's actually pregnant? <laughs> like, I mean, well, no, because in the... She's doing the old psycho the final, girlfriend, like, oh, I'm pregnant, go stay with me. In the final scene, yeah, that baby's there, and mm. wouldn't you know it, it's twins. Ah. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's a whole thing. He does a poem by like, oh, I'll never, ever get spooked again. <gasps> twins? I'm spooked. The hippie, hippie shake. <laughs> it's, and, it, and it ends, but the final I'm, line of the film yeah. is, the drinks are on the house. Yeah, it's a little bit for the next two minutes because yeah. I'm a new business. No, the drinks for the next ten minutes are on the house. But excuse me, whilst I do nine minutes of flair bartending. Yeah, that that that's a great shout. Oh, all the drinks are on the house and they're all bottled beer. But it's cool. You get to see <laughs> no cocktail, no you hard see liquor. All the waitresses that are there, like from TGI Fridays or TGI the other day, uh, I guess in this film and. You see Uncle Pat and the bar fly that Uncle Pat has, and everyone's there, and it's like, oh, full circle, nice. Oh, yeah. But you know, I think then Uncle Pat's like, oh, he's still in my fucking no, business. no, no, because this isn't Uncle, this isn't my Uncle Pat's bar. This is the <laughs> cocktails and dreams bar. So he got yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's he, he's he's opened up around the corner oh, from Uncle Pat, I see. and now yeah. fucking stealing oh, all the regulars. The cocktail dollar sign is fucking Uncle Pat putting and Brian Uncle Pat on his ass. One another. Yeah, what did you think of the the bar in itself? Because it's like, a, I was very impressed by the yeah. high ceilings. Uh, second of all, it's called Flanagan's slash Cocktail a, Dreams. And then second of all, okay. I was a bit like, so what's this? What's this place called? Is it called Flanagan's or is it called Cocktails and Dreams? Like, make it it's fucking. It's Flanagan's mind. Cocktails uh, and Dreams. Fla- oh, Flanagan's yeah. Cocktails and Dreams. Okay, that's a bit of a mouthful. Is, is Tom Clues? Uh, Tom Clues. Tom Cruise is his detective yeah, agency. Um, has Tom Cruise got Irish heritage? Is that a thing? Uh, I don't know. I think in the movie. Oh, Flanagan for sure. But I didn't know if he did IRL. 
Oh, what? Yeah. I was, um... Mm, I don't know, but then all the Americans think they're fucking oh, Irish. Oh yeah, don't they? that is a thing. Yeah, like the, the thing is, like I'm half Irish, and it's like I don't even consider myself that Irish. You know what I mean? You it's just do like on game day. I, yeah, on game day when Ireland are winning, then I'll whip <laughs> off the old England top. And but when the, the scores change, top. all of a sudden but, that green top's off, and there's a white vest underneath. <laughs> But um, but yeah, it's 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 a funny one because again, like I wasn't born in Ireland. I don't have an Irish accent. My mum moved over from Ireland when she was quite young, and I mean, I've been over to Ireland quite a lot. But nothing to when I go over there, I don't feel any real like yeah. connection. I just find that such a weird thing with uh, with Americans because they obviously don't really have that much history mm. and culture themselves. You know, that country's only been around for a couple hundred years. And you know, you say everyone feels like they need to like have that identity to pick up on. So I do wonder if there is that element in this, where it's just like Flanagan's Irish saloon yeah. bar. Actually, cocktails. I wonder if because he he's been in a film where he's played an Irishman, I think Tommy Cruise. Um, but maybe yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But that that was I mean, dude, look, that was cocktail and yeah. So I final mean, thoughts. It's, it's an absolute trash film. It properly is. It's up there with like mannequin as like what the fuck is this or weird science <laughs> where it's like all right, clicky clack. Uh, short circuit Fucking, too. Yeah, Johnny Five's still alive. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, it's great fun. Like, it's it, it's yeah, it's a fun it's film. Fun. And it, the thing is with the speed of it is very much like ooh, fun scene, next scene, fun scene, next scene, fun scene, next scene, and because yeah. there's no like. It's not part of a franchise, and there's no like deep mythological mm. lore to it. I can be like, oh, okay, fun scene, next scene, fun scene, next scene. When they do that with other films, for example, Star Wars Episode Nine, where it's like fun scene, next scene, fun scene, next scene, haha, none of it n- needs to matter because we're onto the next scene already. Don't even think about it. Yeah. That's when it's like, wait, no, that everything you've just done doesn't make sense. But with this, you know, mm. the worst thing you've got to think about is, I, um, I think, is 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 Brian Brown's accent. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for for me this movie is like it captures a part of my working career which I actually you know at, at the time and still look about quite fondly, um, where you know you're working in these like sort of dive bars. You know, it's, I'm thinking back in the day when you could smoke in a bar as well, and just seeing those scenes where you know it's like there's five deep people like crammed at a bar. Everyone's out, everyone's got a fag in their mouth. And, you know, it, it's kind of like that hustle and bustle of working in such like a hectic environment. But while you're doing that, still having fun, having fun with, you know, your your partner who's like, you know, working the bar with you and you, you're working off each other in a sense, like you're having shots, beers, chucking bottles and, and tins at each other. And, you know, it, 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 it was such a, like a fun atmosphere to go work in. And when, uh, when you work in those places, it was like very... You know, don't want to sound too corny, but you know, magic. You know, what I mean, if you could get the crowd pumping and you uh, would just have literally the best time of your life, and it's yeah. such an awesome job to do. But I do like how it does capture the slight downfall of it, and you know, sort of there is like uh, pessimism to the movie, and just like you can't just bank it all on this idea that you're, you know, going to strike it rich or strike it lucky, and. You know, I know so many friends of mine who've gone over to open up bars and things like that, and you know they've been successful for a year or two, then just have that slight downturn, and you know it all comes crashing down. And it's uh, you know 
for this movie kind of captures a really good portrayal of, or, you know, a little bit of a time capsule for not only me, but obviously just that era of bartending, mm-hmm. which I don't think you really can have now because, uh, you know, everywhere's cashless, you know what I mean? So you're not like ringing up the till, you're not throwing the money in, you're not, you're not having that kind of exchange with people anymore. Um, and, you know, for me, again, this movie was just like a staple in, in that household. Uh, I remember my, my flatmate, uh, Dan Cooper, fucking love this movie he thought he was fucking tom cruise and uh it's just like it just it was a nice little nostalgia uh kind of cycle to kind of actually sit down and watch this movie again and just go yeah yeah that is what it was like a little bit uh, and i you know wasn't exactly getting up on stage and reciting poems no because no one uh... ever has <laughs> no one ever in the history of both bars and poems Mary have the two mixed unless it is a very specific poetry night slam yeah. poetry yes yeah slam poetry yes uh, cool uh, what's the next movie on our agenda uh, well, which other Tom Cruise movies should we well, do well we could do one of the good ones or we could do Jerry Maguire I think we should either do The Last Samurai or Minority Report okay all right, well, let's see which one happens next week. <laughs> Neither one of those. <laughs> uh, until then, I have been Craig. He has been Adam. This has been the Edward Craig's Guilty Pleasures Cinema Podcast. This was our episode on Cocktail from 1988. If you like what you heard, please give us a like, give us a share, give us a follow, give us a subscribe. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, my goodness, I can say with joy we are relevantly on Patreon now, thanks to Mr. Benjamin Tate. Uh, if you have uh, three pounds a month that you want to share for us to call out your name every week and say thanks, hey, go to patreon.com forward slash Adam and Craig's GPC to donate. Until then, until next week, thank you very much, my man. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. I will. I will enjoy working from home because of the fucking cheap shots. As will I. <laughs> Alright, catch you yeah, next everybody. week. We are watching a movie that we are talking about. So sit back and relax, and it's time to talk about it. Talk about it. Talking about us. Uh...